You are listening to the Estheticians Earning More podcast with Brittany Hageman, episode number 48. Welcome to the Estheticians Earning More podcast. On this podcast, we talk about how to love your esthetician business without the hustle, exhaustion, or overwhelm as it booms into a successful business. I teach simple ways how to approach your business that gives you your life back while still growing a profitable business. I grew BLH Beauty in San Diego to a six-figure business, and I learned a lot along the way, which I'm excited to share with you here. So let's get started. Oh my goodness, grab some tea, grab some coffee, get comfortable because you are not going to miss, want to miss a second of today's episode. It's with Crystal O'Reilly. She's the owner of Selfish Skin and Wellness in Vancouver, Washington. I would love to tell you her whole story, but then why would you listen to her interview? No, you need to listen to it because she has so many amazing gems in this interview. Um, Crystal and I have a lot of parallels in our story, which I think is really interesting. And I think it's probably more common than I thought now that I'm meeting more people that have similar stories. Crystal, um, she's an incredible business owner and she literally grew her business out of nothing in, in less than three years. I mean, it's just so quick how fast her business has grown. And I really think there's a few reasons why she did and has. And I, one of them, and this is not really giving it away is failure is just not an option for Crystal. She just keeps pushing through and you can tell, okay, the reason I know this is to be true about her personality is because you will hear at the beginning of this episode, we had a lot of technical difficulties. Oh man, man, we, I'm still learning all this software. I think it's my end, not what was in Crystal's end. And so you will hear, we get cut off and then I'm going to have a little like, um, interlude and then we're going to come back and we're laughing and we're like, oh my gosh. And it happens like three or four times. I tried to edit it out as much as possible because it's distracting from the story. But you know what? This is just life, right? This is just how it goes, but you can hear Crystal's like, not only her patience, but just like, she's like, yep, like, let's just, we're figuring it out together. Like we're just figuring it out. And like, no joke, the time that this took was like over 20 minutes of time trying to get us like recording without it breaking. And, um, she just kept wanting to figure it out. And I think that just shows her tenacity and how failure is just not an option for her, which is what she says. She, she talks about her story over and over again today. So if you need some inspiration, today's your episode. If you are trying to grow your business, today's your episode. If you are have a very crazy busy business and you want to move on to the next level in your business, today it's your episode. It's all, all for you. Anywhere you are in your business, she's got you covered. Um, we laugh a lot. And I'm sorry, the audio is still not great. I'm still learning, <laughs> but it is what it is. And that's where we are today. So thank you for listening. And uh, before you listen to my wonderful friend, Crystal, is a quick word from our sponsor. Crystal. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Hi, I am so good. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for your time today I know you are a busy woman you have a lot going on oh my gosh I'm just honestly just like so grateful and humbled that you even thought to ask me so thank you oh well no you're you're a boss and a and a businesswoman to be to be um admired so everyone's gonna really love hearing your story okay so tell me about your 
I know you and I have talked previously and you've told me a little bit about your story, but for those of you who don't know, tell me like, what did you do before you were an esthetician and how did you, how did you come to aesthetics? Oh man, I, I really took the roundabout way of getting into aesthetics. Honestly, um, I think I had four to five like quarter life crises before the age of 25. So <laughs> I don't even know when I got cut off. So, so we'll just start. We'll ask, ask the question again. We'll start again. We'll start. Oh, because okay. I think you oh got my cut goodness. off, like, you were, like, you had said one, like, one sentence, and you were gone. I was like, Crystal! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, hear, no. Like, okay. That's so, that's so funny. Okay. So, you had asked me about what I did pre-aesthetics. Yes. Um, and I was just saying that I truly kind of was just all over the place with my life. I was one of those people, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, that I, like, could not figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life. Yep. Um, I think I had like four to five quarter life crises before the age of 25. Yeah. And um, so I actually went to Michigan State University and I have a bachelor's degree in journalism. And so I graduated in 2009 with my bachelor's. And then I moved to Columbus, Ohio, because the year that I graduated from college was like one of the first economic downfalls yep. that we were having. No jobs. We had it no jobs. was really cute for lots of the college grads. And yeah. with no my journalism degree, there was like, journalism was actually kind of in this huge movement of switching to online publications. Like print uh, publications were dying. Like I think five newspapers shut down that wow. year that I graduated just in the city alone that I lived in. So I was like, I really don't think I'm going to find any opportunity in Lansing, Michigan. And I had friends in Ohio. So I ended up moving there and got a job. I could not find work. Like I hear you tell you could not find work. It was really, really stressful. Um, So I really bounced around. Like I think the first job I got out of college was working at a forever 21 in a mall. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which is love that for me. I'm in debt and I'm, you know, making minimum wage which yep. in With a college degree oh yeah and in yeah. ohio that's 725 an hour yeah um oh, so did that for a little bit while i um i actually ended up trying to find uh, or getting like on the hook to three different positions that were journalism related and none of them panned out because of <sighs> the economy just wasn't there yep. so i'm so sorry okay so you were saying that there was no jobs you're working for forever 21 Okay. Yes. So I was truly adrift, didn't know what I was doing. Um, I ended up scoring a job at a private art school as a barista at like a little coffee kiosk. Um, But I was employed through Aramark. I don't know if you're familiar with that company, Mm -mm. which is a a food service and uniform service. They do a lot of schools, other businesses, stuff like that. Um, And the only reason why I even brought that up is because I wasn't employed through like a coffee business. I was employed Mm -hmm. and so I ended up just for the next three and a half years, I just like worked my way up and ended up becoming an office manager. So I was doing payroll for the entire kitchen staff, doing like new hires, all the new hire paperwork, um, handling a lot of money for the school. 
Um, which is just funny now that I think about it. Cause I honestly hated it. I hated the position, but I was making a lot of money and I was learning a lot of like the back end stuff huh? of like, uh-huh. running, honestly. Um, so we are looking at like, this is probably around two, 2014, 2015. And that was okay. really my personal, um, I guess, passion and skincare kind of started like really growing because okay. I had struggling with my own skin, probably from the age of like 13 or 14. Um, I'm yeah. 27 at the time and mm-hmm. I'm just always dealing with really bad acne. And, um, I went down a rabbit hole one night somewhere on the internet. I don't even remember where, but I remember reading this woman's story about how she started making her own skincare products instead of buying all whatever right. was at the store and it helped her acne. And so I was like, I can do that. Like I can make my own yeah. stuff. Um, and so honestly, I just like bought a ton of crap to make like your own skin, like at home chemistry set, like type skincare. Like I was making my own cleansers out of like floral hydrosols. Brittany, I had a toner that I made out of apple cider vinegar. (laughs) Oh Oh my my God. God. When I think back on it, I truly cringe on the things that I was like putting together. But honestly, what I found myself really, really like falling in love with was learning about ingredients and how ingredients work together to have an effect on the skin. And I had never looked into that before, or even really thought about how products work or why. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found myself like staying up until like two, three in the morning, just reading these um, websites about like how cleansers work and how the pH of a cleanser affects the skin and how exfoliants Mm -hmm. work and just really doing deep dives into those kinds of things. Um, and so I was continuing to make these products and it honestly was just like a hobby. I was not trying to make this a business or do anything spectacular with it, but I was selling them, um, on like an shop. I had a cleanser, my toner. I I (laughs) had to make a moisturizer. Like I learned how to take oil and water and emulsify it with like an emulsifying wax. Um, I had a mask, like a clay mask that I made, which was like with bentonite clay. Um, and yeah. I had a scrub, like a coffee body scrub. So all like very basic au natural things, which I'm uh-huh. honestly just like selling mold to people because I was not putting like preservatives or anything in there. So that also, <laughs> makes me, I think back on it. Um, but I, I had gotten an email from a girl and it was like, so I had accepted a job to go work in Alaska driving tour buses. And oh. the reason why I even decided to do this is because again, I was really just feeling like lost. Like I had spent all these years after college, not finding work in my degree. And I was in this office manager job, which I didn't feel passionate about, you know, and I was just kind of like, what am I doing? And I had gone to Alaska on vacation the year prior with a friend. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, this seems like a, a type of place to give you some clarity. Like, I feel like mm. if I, I'm here, I can figure out what it is I want to do. I just need to break away from my comfort zone. And so mm-hmm. I decided I was going to go work in Alaska and drive these buses. And I had to like get a commercial driver's license and do all that stuff. But literally like wow. a, a month before I left, because I was going to shut down my Etsy shop. Obviously, I wasn't going to be making products. And I got an email from this girl 
who said that it was like this really long email. And she basically said that she had bought all my products. I'm surprised they even did anything for her to be completely honest. But she basically said that she was able to leave her house without makeup for the first time ever because she like had really been struggling with breakouts and she had been using products that I made and she was just so grateful and thankful. Like she hadn't left the house without makeup in like six years. And it was just the most moving, like lovely message. And I just remember being like, wow, like that's something that I can, that's what I want to chase down is that feeling about how I can help someone with their confidence and make someone feel better about their skin. Cause I knew what it was like below about how the appearance of your skin looked. Um, right. But I signed a contract for this Alaska job. So I was like, I'm committed. I'm going to go do this. Um, and then when I come back, I'm going to figure it the rest out. Um, okay. So essentially when I was in Alaska driving 50 foot motor coaches, <laughs> giving tours to like grumpy old people around the highways of Alaska, I couldn't stop thinking about that message from that girl And so I decided that when I came back to Ohio, I was going to enroll in esthetician school uh, and then take that leap into, I was like, I want to at least be licensed to be offering people advice and suggestion. Like, I don't want to just be some girl who Googled a bunch of stuff. Like I want to have like the the backup to my name. Yeah. Uh, So that was the end of 2016 that I enrolled in aesthetic school back in Ohio. Okay. Uh, I went to a competency-based school, which I don't know if people know what that is, but essentially they hand you your Milady textbook and they're like, yeah. read your book, get your hours, take your state board, you know, like yeah. there's no structured classes or anything like that. Um, but I knew when I was there in school, I had the goal of opening my own business. That was huh. it. it for me. I was huh. like, I just know that there's certain things that I'm going to want to do. Like I want to do corrective skincare. Like that's mm-hmm. what I want to mm-hmm. do. And I just knew with my personality after working for other people for so long, that I didn't want to do it. I was like, I want to be the master of my own destiny, basically. Hmm. Yeah. Um, not for everybody. It's really not yeah. like you have to have a very particular like drive and like know that you're going to sacrifice a couple years of your life to get that all up and running, but I was, I was ready for it. I was like, you know what? I've been floundering for years now. I'm ready to take the the leap, figure it out. Um, so three quarters of the way through my program, I also decided to move to Portland, Oregon and I was living in Ohio. Um, and so when I looked up what that would look like, like if I was able to transfer mid program, it, yep. was on, it was easier just to finish out my schooling in Ohio, get yeah. my degree, or I'm sorry, get my license and then get reciprocity for Oregon. So that's what I ended up doing. I knew I was moving to Portland. I was moving in with a best friend, um, but I had about four months left. So I stuck that out, finished out my hours. It was 600 hours for Ohio. Um, yep. and a week after I got my license, I was moving to Oregon. So okay. that's like summer 2017 now that I'm officially okay. in the Northwest. Okay. We kind of got back to square one because I have this new SD license and I can't Uh find work. Like I just can't find work. I think I applied at four different, I applied at two chains and two smaller, like mom and pop places. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. no one would me because I didn't have experience. 
Wow. And I didn't have um, knowledge about specific lines. And mm. honestly, I didn't want to work. Like I said, I didn't want to work for someone else, but I also had no money. So I was like, right. I have to work for someone else, save up some money before I can start this dream of mine, because that's just yeah. how the world works. You got to have money to do things. So yeah. I, like, I would love to work at a spa and, you know, get some hands-on experience, but literally no one would hire me. Like I, thankfully all of those places reached out to me and told me that I wasn't a good fit. And when I asked why that was what they told me, they were very upfront and said, you don't have experience right out of school. Um, and since I went to a competency-based program, we didn't use a specific line at my school. Like I couldn't tell you what was, what Dermalogica was. I didn't know any of that. Um, and even if I had heard them, I wasn't familiar with the products enough that would have been extra training on their end. So I ended up getting a job at the end of 2017 at an all waxing salon, which was not my forte. I think I had done half an eyebrow in my aesthetics program. And like, that was it, like literally half an eyebrow. So it was terrifying, but it was the only job I could get. And I was like, you know what? They'll teach me how to wax and I'll be. Yeah, you need money. I need money. Yeah. So I was like, money. let's, we're going to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, I went in just like all in there and, uh, turns out the more I waxed, the more I hated it. <laughs> so <laughs> it helped cement in my mind, like waxing is not for me. Bless those who love waxing. We need y'all, but it is not for me at all. Me neither. Um, so I worked there for about six months before I was like, okay, I have a, enough money set aside to maybe not completely be ready to go, but it's enough to like put a deposit down on a space and maybe find a different job that doesn't give me so much anxiety. Like, I think uh-huh. I made a three grand saved. So not a ton okay. of money. Yeah. But I quit that job in the spring of 2018 and then right up finding on craigslist actually uh a solo salon i think right. they have salons everywhere i'm pretty sure yeah and it's essentially like a sweet rental for beauty professionals yeah uh, i went and looked at one that was in vancouver washington so it was a different state technically because i was still living in oregon um but the ones in oregon were actually a lot more expensive and hmm. And the one that was in Washington was just across the bridge. So it was like a 20 minute drive. It's really not that far away from where I lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have to go through all the loopholes of, okay, well now I have to get my Washington esthetician's license and my business license and my salon shop license and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. So I think I officially signed my lease in, I want to say June, 2018. Cause I took a few months just like researching how to do the licensure all that stuff and make sure that I had enough money to get everything together. Um, but I knew I don't have a, I didn't have a clientele. So I ended up getting another job, another part-time job as a receptionist at a spa in Portland. Okay. So I basically told them in the interview, like, Hey, I'm trying to start my own space, but I'm in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. They didn't care. They didn't see it as a conflict of interest. So they hired me on. Great. Um, worked there five days a week as a receptionist. And then I was out at my studio every day, just trying to like, I mean, some days I was literally there doing nothing, but I was trying to do stuff, you know, like 
figure out how to use Instagram and try to make content, even though I didn't have faces or bodies. Um, so yeah, that first year, 2018 is when I opened officially my business. Um, so from June to December was a huge learning curve Yeah, for opening my first solo salon. (laughs) How did you get clients then? Um, honestly, I feel like the biggest thing that helped me get clientele in the beginning was doing trades with Mm. other professionals that didn't offer skincare. Mm. So I worked in a solo salon with two other estheticians, but they only offered lash extensions. Mm. They didn't. And I didn't offer lashes. I only did like custom facials and dermaplaning and stuff like that. So I ended up honestly just going up and introducing myself to them and asking mm-hmm. if they'd be interested in being a model for me so I could get mm-hmm. pictures of the services that I offer, um, take cool like videos and boomerangs. And like, I needed content. I didn't have anything to showcase what I was offering. Right. And they were right. more than, I mean, who doesn't want a free service, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And totally willing to let me take all the photos that I wanted and do whatever I wanted with them. So I would then post about them on my Instagram, like, hey, if you're looking for great lashes, go look at so-and-so. Mm. And then they started talking to their clients about me, about doing skincare. Mm. So as soon as I did that, I think I went from like zero clients, probably to 15 clients, really okay. quick, probably in less than a month because they were wow. just sending me all of their clients. Yeah. Um, and then they would refer a friend, mm-hmm. you know, once mm-hmm. you get one client in the door, if you treat them like gold, that's another client in the door because they're going to refer you. Um, so it really started snowballing really quickly after that initial, like those trades that I had done with those girls okay. and also figured out how to utilize um, the Instagram ads, the sponsor mm-hmm. post at the end of 2018. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. still the, if it's the same, but at the time, it's not. You just linked it to your Facebook and then you picked a radius of your city you wanted to show your ads to. And that was it. It was so it was easy. So easy. And I know. I've had probably 50% of my clients coming in were finding me from my Instagram ads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I feel like that sucks. It's not the same anymore <laughs> because it used to literally be the easiest tool ever. And it was cheap. Like I would run an ad for five days for like 10 bucks a day. Yeah. And like to me, that was worth it. I was investing in marketing and it worked. Oh, like I got a ton of clients that way. Yeah. And then it would refer their friends. So honestly, word of mouth was the biggest for me, but in in that year was huge for me as well. Yeah. Their businesses in 2022 (laughs) with Instagram ads being so different now. Oh yeah. I I mean, yeah, I used to just boost a post. I would make a post about something great. And I boost it for like $60 and I get like 10 clients. Yeah. It was so easy. And it was like, it worked, it worked. Yeah. I've had other estheticians reach out to me asking me about it now. And I'm like, I haven't used it, you know, in two plus years. I have no idea how it works now. Not that easy anymore. Yeah. It's very complicated. Well, that is unfortunate, but it was a great tool for me when it was. Yes. easily accessible. Yeah. Um, So yeah, honestly, I had a huge pivot between 2018 and 2019. 
Um, I just, I had, I feel like I went from no clients to a ton of clients very quickly. Like Mm -hmm. I ended up being able to leave my part-time reception job, um, early in 2019. So I went fully solo, um, in spring of 2019 and just did solo salon working on clients. Okay. Um, and then I brought on DMK. Okay. I want, I think it was May, 2019 is when I took my first class with them and that doubled my business, like almost right off the bat. So yeah, it was, I, I hired a, um, videographer to first person to offer DMK in the Portland, Vancouver area that year. So it was very new, very exciting service. And I had a videographer come out and video the service and make me these cool videos about it. Like she did all these Mm. time videos and like really high end, very well edited. Like I had to pay her a good chunk of money. That was probably one of the highest investments that I had made, but those videos then used as marketing and advertising. Yeah. I mean, she doubled my return, like right off the bat, just with those yeah. videos. People like to see stuff. Yeah. 100%. And then I think, yeah, I, I want to say 20 by the end of 2019 is did is when I did my first hundred K. Um, okay. So like it was within Wait. my first year. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, it was yeah, crazy. That's- really been a wild ride. It's really incredible because 2018, you had zero clients. You didn't oh have God. any clients. I went back and I ran my sales from, I, I officially opened like in June is when I had my mm-hmm. first June, 2018 from June to December, 2018, my total sales was about $7,000. Yeah. That's, that's no one. That's like nothing. Um, that's nothing. That's nothing. So then to go, you know, hit uh, over a hundred K the next year was just like, oh my God. Yeah. It was just bonkers to me. I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep doing this. (laughs) Did it just totally blow your mind? Cause you had had such a crazy journey of jobs and everything to get to this point. Did it just kind of blow your mind? Oh my gosh. It a hundred percent blew my mind because I never thought that I guess I didn't really understand the earning potential. Yes. Of solo esthetician. Like I, I really hadn't looked into it to be completely honest. Like, yeah. but I didn't think that it could be that much. I was like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe solos make 45 to 50, yeah. you know, like any other job, just like yeah. whatever. And so obviously, you know, you don't bring home hundred K, but right. just knowing that I had this like unlimited potential now, in my business to continue to make more and more money. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this actually like clicked, (laughs) clicked together for me like this. Um, and then also like the relationships I was forming with my clients, like I have never more just like fulfilled and at peace and just like happy and excited and alive. And, you know, I was 31 at this point. So I had spent, Mm -hmm. you know, half my life kind of searching for this and then I finally kind of fell into it and it was just a really, really, really amazing feeling. I want to go back to what you just said about that. You were feeling happy, excited and alive. I think that is the fuel that like 
like I, I talk a lot to my esthetician clients and like other esthetician friends. And it's like, when you're building a business, you're kind of like hungry, hungry, hungry. And then you kind of get overwhelmed with the business. Mm-hmm. It seems like with you, you were just like super, like you were just having like a lot of fun. Always. Like I can't, I will say, I think what helped me right out of the gate was in 2019 when I, I could tell that I needed help. I hired a bookkeeper. Huh? Um, and having her help me handle like the big back end number stuff, it took yes. so stress off of me because right. right away I was like, my weakest point is going to be the numbers. So I'm going to yeah. pass this off to someone who can handle it for me. And so I think that allowed me to continue to have fun and like be passionate about my job because I wasn't always stressed about doing that stuff because she was handling it for me. Right. But, but like, you know, it's, it's hard growing a business and like all the, yeah. it's the ups and downs are hard. Right. So like, what did you, how do you, how have you stayed excited in your business when you have, let's say tough clients or people that don't show up or like the, the things that are really hard about owning your own business? Honestly, I feel like starting your own business is just such a, a big daunting task and I think it's just the aspect of like, I won't allow myself to fail at this big thing that I am doing for myself. Like this is for me. Um, and it's, you know, it was to prove to myself that I could do it. And honestly, I just think that in this industry, to me personally, it is hard to get bored because there's Mm -hmm. so much, like, you don't have to just feel a solo esthetician working on clients, you know, like, you can go into business coaching or education or product development or product trainings. And for me, just like, I, I don't know. I feel like I I created these relationships with my clients. Like I have clients I still see today who've been with me since my solo salon. And those relationships have really kind of sustained me and like kept me Mm -hmm. very, very, very fortunate that in my three and a half years of being in business, I really haven't dealt with that many bad clients or like Mm. clients. So I don't know if that has to do with like the energy that I put out there and the people that I attracted, um, because I have heard horror stories from people. I know that there are estheticians out there that do deal with very difficult clients and, Mm -hmm. uh, that just hasn't been my personal experience and maybe it comes down to luck, but I also think it comes down to, again, like your vibe attracts your tribe type mentality um totally it's like there's always classes like I love taking classes and I love reading about the aesthetics industry and I I just I it truly feel like it's it's hard for me to feel bored of like I'm not having fun like I literally get to hang out with people I consider my friends and work on their skin and talk to them about their lives and like that's what I get to do every day right awesome (laughs) I mean I think it's, I think what you said exactly is what it is, is like you are having fun and you are attracting fun and excitement to your business. And that's, so that's that. So like you aren't having these crazy clients because you're just in, like, you're having too much fun. They won't come to you. And I feel like the clients that I have the most fun with when they're going to, when they referred clients to me, it was, I already knew they were going to be a great client because they were coming clients. So have snowballed into like 
I truly don't think I've had a bad referral from anyone because I already knew off the bat that like, okay, we vibe. So then I'm going to vibe with your friends too. Yeah. And like, I remember like a lot of my clients would be like, oh, so-and-so one of my friends wants to come and see you, but they wouldn't be a good fit for you. So I told them no, that they, they like would literally like, like, no, 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 no. You're not going to, you're not going to do what Brittany wants you to do. It's not going to work. I don't, I don't want you to waste your time. And I'd be like, thank you. Thank you for literally. I have also had clients tell me that. And I just think it's so funny because it's like, you know, our friend circles can be vast and you're friends with all different kinds of people. And I love that some of my clients do know that some of their friends may not be the best clients for me. So lie and be like, Oh, Crystal, you know, she only takes X amount of clients a year. Or the fact that I honestly haven't been taking new clients has helped. So like, no, no, she's not seeing anyone. You can't go see her. (laughs) (laughs) She's only for me. She's not for you. Okay. So let's talk about, um, 20, so 2020, was it 2021 or 2020 that you got your own space? 2021. Okay. So that was another big year for you this last year. Yeah. Because so I had an inter 2020 was like an interim year because that was pandemics. Yes. And, um, cause I left my solo salon and moved into another room, um, that I was renting from a friend of mine. And the reason I decided to switch rooms is because she was offering me a space where it was more of like a a small community like it was mainly permanent makeup artists but then they also had a nurse injector there they had a massage therapist and I had met all of these girls and we were all very like-minded and had the same attitudes and so I just felt like it would be more of a community and Mm -hmm. again more opportunities to share clients between because we all Mm -hmm. did different things so that was the goal in 2020 um, and I moved in January, 2020. And then of course, February came and everything hit the fan. So yeah. I, I knew when I moved into that room in 2020, that I did have in the back of my mind, having my, like a brick and mortar location for myself was this lofty, lofty dream. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't put a time limit on it, to be honest with you. I just, I had that seed in, in the mm-hmm. back. Oh, this would be something really cool if I could make this happen. Yeah. And then pandemic started I really didn't think about it anymore because I was just trying to survive and stay afloat and I didn't really know what was going to happen to my business throughout the end of the year Mm -hmm. but when we were able to reopen I think for us in Washington it was about June 2020 okay we were closed from about it was March to June um I like business was popping like People were ready to come back and get services done. They needed help. Their skin had lost their mind over (laughs) like quarantine. And so by the end of 2020, I had again, another big year. Like I had, I had done even better than the year before that. You know, I was on my way to 200 K and I had saved quite a bit of money. And so I really just kind of started putting the vibe out there to myself that I was like, you know what, I'm going to start perusing um, local real commercial real estate. And if something comes along that looks like a good fit, then mm-hmm. I'll pursue it. But it was not like a hard and fast, I am doing this. Okay. But then in February, 2021, um, that girl that I had been renting my room from went to look at another space because she uh-huh. wanted to end herself. And she did not like the space that she looked at for herself, but she knew, 
you know, my intentions and my dreams. And mm-hmm. she was like, Crystal, you should go look at that space that I looked at. Cause I think you might actually like it for what you're thinking of doing. And so I went and looked at it and, um, this is always so hard to describe because like I had saved a lot of money and I had a lot of plans for what to do with it. But then after the pandemic, I was feeling really stingy about my money because my okay. savings, what helped me during the pandemic, um, because yeah. I didn't need government assistance. I didn't qualify for unemployment. I didn't get any help. And so if I hadn't had that savings, I would have been in a lot of trouble. Like a lot of people found themselves. And so yeah. I was finding myself very hesitant to invest any of that money. Like I was really scared, honestly, to, to just throw out a ton of money. Um, yeah, but this new location, it was really close to where I was already working. Um, it had five treatment rooms, you know, a huge like lobby area. And it was a space within, like, it was in a really, really good location. And the price honestly was amazing for the location. And when I was honest with myself, I was just like, if you don't take this opportunity, someone else will like, you need to, you have to take a risk at some point because that's Mm -hmm. you find yourself. I think succeeding the most is when you take risks because you kind of have to force sink or swim on yourself, you know, and to me, sink is not an option. So when I push myself into those risky situations, that's tend to where I like flourish the best. Um, (laughs) So I decided to, I was like, screw it. I'm going to sign this lease. I've never signed a five-year lease. They gave me the option of a five or a 10-year lease. And 10 years is like, what the heck? That's so long. Like, what is that? (laughs) Five years honestly is also very daunting. But to me, at least that was a little like easier to swallow than 10 years. Uh, And I started just like talking to people I knew who had done, um, renovations on either their homes or on their businesses, trying to just like kind of give myself a ballpark estimate of what to expect these renovations to look like, because Mm -hmm. really was going to have to do a lot, a lot of work to this space, not a full build out, but I was probably looking at investing 40 to $50,000 into this. Yeah. Um, and Honestly, I, I was laying in bed one night, kind of just like staring at my bank account, just like <laughs> feeling sick to my stomach because you get used to seeing a certain amount in your bank account and that's like your nest egg, right? Like that's your safety net. And so if I was going to do this, if I was going to make these renovations happen, I was going to have to, you know, subtract out those estimated funds and it was going to be hard <laughs> to look at that money coming out of my account. But honestly, I was just like, I just, what else am I saving money for? You know, like, what else am I saving money for? Like, I need to, I just need to take this risk. I need to do it. So um, yeah, by, I started the renovations in, I got the keys in April. And I want to say by June, I was starting the reno. Okay. And then they finished in like August. Okay. Then you moved in around there. Yep. Well, technically I was actually already working out of that space while the contractors were there. So they would be like jackhammering concrete floors and like I have my clients in there and I was just like, listen, y'all, this is going to be rough couple of months. Um, but honestly, all my clients were regulars at that point and they were all just, oh, you could do our treatments under a highway overpass and we would <laughs> 
office. So they were all honestly so supportive. And without my clients, I would never have had the opportunity to expand like I did anyways. Like, so this was as much for them as it was for me. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, now we're going into 2022 and I have all these other (laughs) goals that I'm now trying to set for myself. And it's just crazy to think that I was so scared to open that solo salon. And now I have a brick and mortar location that I spent all my money on that year. Uh, (laughs) And hopefully, you know, I look at it as a five-year investment, you know, every year I keep coming back to me. So, well, it's interesting. So one of my clients, she does multiple six figures um, in her business and she kind of a similar situation. She's actually going to be on the podcast soon too. And she, you know, was in debt for so much of her adult life and then now has lots of money and can kind of be freaked out about spending the money because you get that, that your bank account, you're like, Yes. Oh, it's here. Like you, you, you get really attached to that money, but then sometimes if you get so attached to it, you actually can't make more money because your brain thinks that's all you can ever make versus like, yes. you can actually make so much more and then help yes. so many more people. Yes. If you're so scared. Like if you just stayed in that one room, you can never expand your business and expand the people that you can help. Cause you no. only can use a certain amount of people a week before you like your body and brain like dies, you know, a hundred percent. And like, again, like if you're not willing to take that risk and invest in yourself, you're not going to grow any further. Like you're going to be stagnant. And like, I was stagnant. I was stagnant for many, many years. And I was like, this is it. I have to keep pushing myself. And I've really tried to develop that mindset of like money will come, you know, like money's there and then it goes and then it's going to come back and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and she hired, you know, she's hiring her own, her first, like a couple employees as well. And like all of like, you know, payroll and all these things. And she's like, oh my gosh, maybe I can't afford it. And I'm like, you have like tens of thousands of dollars in your bank account. Like you can easily afford it, but like her brain is just so, you know, panicked about it, but but it's, it could be the same if you just started your solo salon It's the same thing. Like if you only have $3,000, like in your bank, like you did when you started, like that money, like, you're like, shoot, I have to figure this out. And it's, it, or it's the same as just 300,000. It doesn't really matter. It's all relative. No, but your brain can just freak out about these things. But I love that. Like a couple of things that you said, like failure is just not an option. And like, you're just going to figure it out. Like you just keep trying until you figure it out. Even if what you tried didn't work, you're going to keep trying. You're not just going to be like, well, that didn't work. I guess I'm, I'm not going to be an esthetician right. anymore. I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> that's the only form of failure is if you truly just give up and throw your hands up and you're like, I'm not even yeah. going to, because even if you try something that doesn't work out how you thought you will pivot and go a different direction, but that's still not failing. You know, like that's you figuring out another way to do it and moving forward no matter what. So it's a uh, money is a huge, used to be a huge fear of mine too. And I'm not going to lie. It still is like every year when taxes roll around, I get a little bit anxious inside because I would keep all my money, but that's not how, you know, the world works. Um, but I just have to keep telling myself, like, what am I saving money for? If I'm not going to put it into myself and into my business, like, why do I have all this? Why do I have money? What am I saving money for? You know? I mean, it's a good question. And cause we also think like, I've been talking about a lot on this podcast is like, we think making lots of money. So other assistants may be listening to this and think, well, Crystal makes, I don't know, over a hundred, $200,000 a year in her business. So she has to be happy because that's my goal. And that's what makes happiness. But then like, 
you realize like actually making money does not make you happy. It's like working and figuring things out and changing things and growing and helping people. It's like, it kind of like messes with your, like, I always thought that too, until I started making a lot of money. Then I was like, oh no, that, that the money is like, it's fun. It's exciting. But like, if we hold on to that money is like, this is going to make us happy and keeping the money is going to make us happy. Then it like, you totally go backwards. Well, and then you have the cute caveat of the more money you make, the more money you have to spend anyways. So like, yeah, yeah, you think you're making all this more money and you are, but you're going to have to spend more money to keep up with that influx of money. Like bills. Yeah. I'm like, I'm making more money than I ever have in my life. And I'm spending more money than I ever have in my life. Like it has to balance itself out. So getting over that mindset, you know, it's, it's definitely tricky, but at the end of the day, it's, I like to look at all the money that I spend into little investments into my business. You know, like how can I reach more clients? That's where I'm at now, you know, yeah. cause yeah. I've been a solo esthetician for so long. So I am currently undertaking the process of starting to look for employees for myself because right. I don't want to cap my income and yeah. I'm able to reach more people. So the only way to do that is to hire more hands, you know, like I can only see so many people. I mean, it's so funny because when you were saying like a couple minutes ago about how you, you didn't, you only wanted to sign a five-year lease and not a 10-year lease. Crystal, honestly, the thought in my head was like, no, you won't be there in 10 years because you're going to have like a chain of many places across the country. Like Crystal is set or whatever, like whatever you call it. It's like, my brain was like, no, of course that doesn't make sense because you're going to like, you're going to outgrow the space that you're in and be in like t- 10 other cities. Like that literally popped into my head when you said that. That because I do, I feel like in five years, I would love to maybe have another location. Um, but I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. But that's definitely kind of where my brain is pivoting. And I, I never thought I wanted employees. Never, 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 never. Like when I opened up my LLC and I was talking to my bookkeeper, I was talking about how like, oh, I'm just going to have extra rooms in my space and, and rent them out to other solo practitioners, which I am doing. I do have two solo people working under my roof, but yeah. you get to a point in your business where you have to make, you have to make a pivot. Are you going to be comfortable yeah. with where you're at and have a cap on your income and stay solo forever? Or are you going to yep. hire a team? and be able to make more money. And then also you're just continuing to invest in yourself and your business and then help another esthetician also learn to grow and better the industry and help more people. So it's, it's a crazy, like scary concept, but also super exciting at the same time. Well, there's, I mean, there's no way you won't be successful. Cause like you've had that before, like quitting is the only failure. So even if you hire someone, it doesn't work like whatever things, you know, obstacles you may come across in growing your brand and your business and helping like, really like, it's so clear watching you on Instagram and like help. I haven't known you for very long on Instagram, but you know, the short amount of time I've been following you, like you, you have a culture of, of how you treat skin and how you treat your clients. And like, that will just grow exponentially you know, like how you decide to like, how you, your business is growing. And it's just really fun to watch that. Cause I think other estheticians are always trying to copy, like when you're new, you're like, okay, I'm going to copy this person, the way that they treat the skin or the way that they run their business. But it yeah. seems like for you, you were just like, like you put your head down and you did what you wanted to do that made sense for you and your business and your clients. And like, that is why you've been so successful. Cause you've stayed so true to you. 
and the culture that you've built within your own, you know, community. And then that will just continue to grow. Oh, thank you. you. I'm hearing that because I don't think there's anything wrong with looking up to someone you find to be a version of success to you and taking what they've done and trying to emulate that. Like we see it all the time and truly like, I really don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, but for me, I didn't know anything about, I honestly, I think a lot of it came from night, like naivety. I just didn't know how to run a business. And to me, I wanted to, I wanted to make an environment where if I was the client, what would I be looking for? What would I want in a professional? Because I never even saw an esthetician when I was struggling with my skin. I only ever went to dermatologists and I feel like if I had found an esthetician like myself who like cared the way that I do and like built this relationship, how I try to do with my clients, I think it would have been life-changing for me to have that like guide and that, you know, just person who has my back and is letting me know that everything, you know, like my skin is, it's okay. Like what I'm going through is okay. This is not the end of the world. Like it's going to get better. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I never had that. So I want to be able to be that for my clients. Right. And that is the work I think as an esthetician, like we, anyone can give a good skincare routine, like look at someone's skin and be like, okay, these are the products for you or whatever. But the work is like that emotional relationship and supporting your client through it. That is like, oh yeah, sets, sets you apart of everyone around you. It's, it is work. And I mean, I won't lie and sugarcoat it and say that it's like all sunshine and rainbows all the time. Like even with my regular clients that I love and adore, like you do have to invest a good portion of yourself and your energy into your clients. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're messaging people all day, every day. Um, Even if you're setting boundaries for yourself, which to anyone listening, you should do (laughs) set boundaries for yourself, but it can be hard because when you care about these people and your clients, like you want to be accessible to them. You want to be there for them. Um, and then you have to have that inner battle of like, no crystal, like this is my day off. This is not an emergency. Don't respond. Um, and there can be a lot of stress and guilt that comes along with being an esthetician because of those things. But honestly, like, I don't know, I wouldn't trade it for anything and it may not be for everyone, but, um, it can be so fulfilling. It's just like, I'll take all the bad stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I think because I think you and I are similar in this, like since we both worked for corporate world and bounced around, like I bounced around just like you did and graduated 2008 from college and just couldn't, I couldn't get a job making, I couldn't get a job making coffee crystal. Okay. I couldn't get a job anywhere. It was a hard, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. I mean, I was living, you know, I was making, you know, $10, $12 an hour for years living in California, which is incredibly expensive place to live. Um, but so like, we know the alternative and it's like this, these things may be hard in the business because there's hard things in any job that you have, but like that alternative is way worse. I don't think go back to that. Oh my gosh. Like, I think at my, at my highest point as an office manager in Ohio, I was making 16, 15 hour. And to me, I was like a millionaire. I yeah. was like, this is the most money I've ever made in my entire life. Cause I had only ever worked like minimum wage positions. Cause that yeah. was all that I could get. Um, and yeah, now that I have been able to like evolve and kind of start my business and where I am today, I'm just like, 
there's no way that I can go back. Like it's not going to happen. So Yeah. I mean, I was working at Target as an assistant store manager making like $80,000 a year, but working like 60 hours a week. Yeah. I was a lot of money, but I was working all the time. I was 12 hour days every day working all the time. It was just nonstop. So yeah, opening a business was cake next to that. That was ridiculous. Right. You're like, I put in all this time already for other people. It's time to put it in for myself now. Yeah. Like I think I can handle that. Yeah. This isn't that hard. Um, gosh, I love this story so much. So is there anything else that you, um, so I guess you, do you want to talk about what's next for you and what are your goals for your business? And we kind of talked about it a little bit already. Yeah. Um, so I guess my, my next big goals are, um, hiring my first employees, which Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to do. Honestly, I'm waiting on, um, taxes to be able Uh to figure out when I want to start hiring. So it's really just kind of a waiting game at this point. I filed for an S corp this year. Like I changed my designation. So we're just waiting on some backend stuff with that to file taxes. And then I'm hoping by spring, summer, I'll have my first one or two. I haven't decided yet. It's going to depend on, um, I think how busy my first esthetician gets. Yeah. Um, but that is my, my big plan for my business, um, is to hire an employee, someone who can do treatment similar to what I do because I had a waiting list for a while. And once it got to like 60 people, I was like, I don't even want to have this waiting list anymore. It was stressing me out. So I deleted it because I was like, I'm not looking at this anymore. This is stressful. I can't handle this. And that was how I knew I was like, okay, clearly it's time. Like if I can train someone to do the things that I offer, then I can get more people in the door. So that's my next goal. Um, I'm kind of just like in the very, very beginning stages of figuring out like how to put together an employee manual, um, how to figure out pricing and like what to pay them during training versus what to pay them when they're an actual employee. Um, right. So all that cute, fun stuff. And I'm working with my bookkeeper too, a little bit on the numbers yeah. for that. Thank God for bookkeepers. Honestly, y'all, yeah. like, if you don't have a bookkeeper or an accountant, get one. Cause I would just be like drowning without them basically. (laughs) Um, and then also for myself, like a personal goal, which I guess is kind of a business goal. Um, but I want to create a course an in-person course for estheticians that also will be online at some point. That is the goal to make it online. Um, but I really want to create a course that I can, I can have small groups, maybe like four people. And I want it to be a class. That's all about how to think critically about the skin and creating treatment plans and home care plans for clients without relying Mm. on protocols. Um, I Mm. think that especially for new estheticians, everything is so overwhelming and everyone wants to know what's the protocol for this and what's the protocol for that. And protocols won't help you be successful at all. Like they'll get you familiar with the products, but you have to be able to think about the skin critically and create your own custom protocols for each client to have any form of like retention results. And that's just not the kind of stuff they really like dig into in school. Um, and I feel like that's the thing that I'm asked most about, especially by new estheticians. So I would love to create like a hands-on course or we can like dive into that and then we can like do a case study together and like they can bring in models, um, I just, I really feel like I want to get more into the education side of aesthetics because that's something I have found that I love doing is Mm -hmm. educating people. 
And, um, I would love to be able to help other estheticians too, because it's super overwhelming and there's not always great resources for how to do some of that stuff. So I'm just going to make my own. I love that so so much because to to understand that is really hard. So the fact that you're taking that on to teach that is like going to help so many estheticians because that is that you're right. That is the point to learn how to like think critically, like look at someone's skin and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That isn't part of a protocol and creating that for them is just, it's really a challenge to do when you're a beginner for so many reasons. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, is like people just aren't taught how to think critically. They're taught very basic bare bones things like, well, in a facial, you have to cleanse and then you have to exfoliate and then you have to do a massage or you have to mask. And a lot of times it's like, well, why, why am I doing this step? Why am I doing this step? So I want newer esthetician, honestly, any esthetician, but like, especially newer, I find is where it, it happens the most is they need to know why they're doing certain things. Um, yeah. and I wish that there would have been a class like that when I first started out. <laughs> so, yeah, me too. Um, I would have taken that class. A class like that and offer it to people. So I would have totally taken that class. That's amazing. And I cannot wait to see what happens next in your business. And I am so happy that you gave us your time and dealt with all the technical difficulties trying to get this I know I'm so started. sorry <laughs> no I feel like it was like working really well but I don't know I feel like it has to be the app or something because everything else has been working fine no I think it was the app I think I think it's something's wrong with the app but it it's fine because it worked just fine and uh, your story is so great and so inspirational and so many estheticians will really take a lot from it no matter where someone is in their esthetician journey so like if they just started out and they're going to need your course because they have no idea how to approach the skin or they're in the same spot as you like they're hiring a team and like they're overwhelmed with the amount of money coming in and like how to manage it all and all the things like it's just you have so much wonderful knowledge to give to the community and so grateful for you Thank you for saying that. Cause I feel like sometimes when I talk, especially for podcasts, I tend to like jump all over the place and I don't ever feel like I'm finishing a thought. So hopefully I answered your questions at least in like a roundabout way. Hopefully. No, you did. Okay. Good. You did. I, your your story is just a great story. Thank you so much. Just like, thank you for wanting me to be on here. I don't know. I think that's so like cool that someone thinks that my story is even worth telling. So thank you. <laughs> oh no, of course. No, you're, I mean, when I first talked to you, I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. She's so great. I just love the way you approach business. I hope to meet you in person one day. It's so exciting. No, I would love, like when travel is not as weird, I would love to like travel to other States more and like, can we just have like esthetician, like mixers every quarter in like yeah. different it's like, let's just travel. Like, let's just hang out. That's all. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my ultimate business goals for my business is to like create a community for esthetician business owners that are like doing big things to like have a network of other people that are doing the exact same thing to like talk to about all the things. I love that. Cause honestly, I feel like the hardest part about being a solo business owner is finding someone who's similarly, uh, in the same place that you are, because we're all so different in how we're doing business and how our businesses are going. And sometimes it can be hard to figure out like, 
what the best resources are and who to reach out to who's like in a similar boat, you know, because like no one's ever going to be in the same space. But um, like for someone who's starting to hire, like who do you know who to reach out to? Because um, like if you talk to someone well, who's hired like 25 employees and, you know, they've been hiring for 10 years, they may not remember yes. what it was like in the beginning, you know? I'm going to, I'll message you some of my clients who have just hired or in the same process as you, and you guys can connect and talk. Um, because I that think that would be helpful for both of you. Yeah. All of you. Yeah. For all of us, <laughs> especially just someone to like, someone to have that feedback for or with, because I have one other SD, SD friend who is also hiring her employee. So we kind of bounce things off each other. Um, but sometimes mm-hmm. you just need safe space to be able to like vent about things and talk about things yeah. having with that. And most of other people that I am friends with, they're not in that boat. So they can't really empathize, you know? Yes. I know one of my, well, she's one of my friends and clients. She's like, I just need to like talk. I was like, you, you need to like come. I have a monthly call. Like you need to come to the calls and talk to the other estheticians. And they're all and it's like, oh my gosh, they, their brains are all exploding because they're in the exact same boat. So I'll let you know who those people are and you can that would be so great thank you so much because yeah um you know like people always say that it's lonely being a solo SD and it is but it isn't you know like you have your clients and you have your peers but sometimes it can be a little hard because your network's just they're all over the place but you don't know who to reach out to yeah no it's true and I think that there's, there's an esthetician community that is like the old school esthetician. And I don't want to like put down the old school esthetician community, but it, that kind of is like the hustle, like don't charge very much money for your services, like right. only give products that they really need. Like not, don't give a, like, it was kind of like the scarcity community of like the older esthetician. You know what I'm talking about? Uh- hundred percent. I know what you're talking about. Cause I see it all the time. Right. And so like, that is a very strong community. And I, I was always like, I don't want to be part of that. Like I'll just be by myself. I won't talk to other estheticians. Cause like, I don't want to do that. And then I slowly like started meeting people that like had the same mentality as me. And I was like, we all need to like work together. We need to like, when we need to elevate the industry and change the way we look at, look at making money look at the way we talk, like all of it needs to change. So yeah that you want to talk to people about I know we didn't get super deep into it but the fact that you even want to talk to people about money and like making money I think is very unique and much needed in this industry because people don't talk about it yeah really at all and there's like people who make money in the industry are like the the, so many I don't even know these people's names but like the Renee like people who who like you know, are they're, really big. Yeah. They're so far beyond our realm of <laughs> like understanding of money. And I mean, I just can't, I just can't, she may be accessible, but I just don't imagine her to probably be accessible to ask those types of questions too, you know, different kind of business model. Totally so different. yeah. And so then it's like, so then people think like it's either that or like the $45,000 a year that you were just talking about a few minutes ago. Right. Like those are the two options that you have versus like, well, actually there's like actually a lot of different options as well. Right. And you can make money, like doing all these different things and more than anything, like you can help people. Like you can continue like your, how you want to like change skin and the way people feel about themselves. A hundred percent. And I feel like on that journey of like helping people with their skin, that's always, that's also helped me kind of fall into this, like finding that I love education, which I think is cool too, because 
I did not think that I had the patience for it, but I actually really like it. So <laughs> I was like, there's no way I can ever teach people. Like that sounds like it'll be super annoying, but I, that hasn't happened to me yet. So you're a natural educator. I think that you're, you'll, you will really help a lot of people. I'm really excited. You have to let me know when you're, when you're um, starting so I can make sure to, to send it to all my people. Thank you. I'm hoping fingers crossed by summertime. Um, Great. That would be nice to once, at least I get my esthetician on, cause I want to try to pull out of the treatment room a little bit and then oh. have more to do stuff like that. So Wonderful. <laughs> that's the goal. All right, Crystal. Well, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to see what, you know, what unfolds in your business and um, thank you for your time. No, thank you so much for putting up with our shenanigans this morning. <laughs> I mean, that, but this is like, this is the pivotal, like you have to keep pivoting, right? We're like, well, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Let's try this. That didn't work. Let's yep. try. Like we have to keep trying different things to make it work. Failure is not an option. We have not an option. We're going to record this podcast one way or another. <laughs> and you know, if at any point I sound really dumb, just make sure to edit it. So I sound less dumb. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. You got it. <laughs> Thanks fam. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Crystal. Thanks so much. All right. Bye Brittany. Bye. Oh, wasn't that so fun? Gosh, that was so fun. Crystal, thank you again for your time and w- wisdom and knowledge. That was great. If you are very busy in your business. You have, your business has grown. You maybe even have a wait list and you feel completely emotionally drained by it, completely exhausted. It feels like you're running on a hamster wheel and you don't really know what to do. It just it's getting almost maybe worse by the day. You're feeling resentful of your business, resentful of your clients. Maybe you, maybe you feel a little bit of shame because you have this successful business and you kind of hate it. Maybe you want to walk away. Listen, I, I was there, okay? I was there and a lot of my clients have been there because it's just a very normal thing. It happens when you grow a business. So that is what I work with estheticians on. That is my one-to-one coaching program at the end of our 90 days together. I guarantee that you will have a completely different mindset of your business. You will love your business again. It will not take over every thought of your mind and you will fall back in love with it and be excited and energized to go to work again and not be texting clients at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Um, If you're interested right now, I'm taking some more clients and I won't be taking again for another, at least another six weeks. Um, You can join, you can check it out, the link in the show notes to do a free 15 minute call with me where I find out about your business and see if we are a good fit. I cannot wait to talk to you. Um, And thanks for listening again. And I will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Bye. If you are an acne specialist and you don't feel confident treating acne, you don't feel confident talking to new clients about the program, about how the products work, how to become compliant and and change their lifestyle and diet, then you need to join the Confident Acne Specialist group coaching program that I offer. It's an eight-week group coaching program where there's a new topic every week that you learn, and then we have a Zoom group coaching call where we really go over the emotional side of being a business owner that people find so, so challenging, especially when you're new. We talk about consultations, client compliance, marketing, client boundaries, client retention, rebound acne, 
time management, business systems, and pricing. It's an eight-week group coaching program, and by the end of the eight weeks, I guarantee that you will, will be so much more confident in treating acne and your abilities as an esthetician. So if you're interested, you can go to theestheticiancoach.com forward slash group coaching. I can't wait to see you there.